Uh, Chairperson, yes, we do. We have two speaker cards submitted. Okay. We have Kira and Deborah. Okay, Kira. Can you... Hello, everybody. I'm Deborah. I'm going to read this fast because there's a lot here. Um, I need to tell you that this really saddens me that I feel I have to address this with you guys. Uh, I've never thought that our city would come back to this time of what was experienced in the 60s, of which I, I lived through and remember very carefully. Chief Prison uh, took the helm during a challenging time that was marked by screams of reform and public outcry. The public was really angry at that time. A lot of people not getting along, a lot of fights. Um, you know, they were picking on our police. They didn't like anything that they were howling. And <clears throat> they felt that they were getting racially profiled, which really actually breaks my heart because that should not be happening in this day and age. <clears throat> but anyway, um, when the, when the chief filled the position, and I read his, his experience, education, and background, which is extemporary, it was amazing. I was really proud of our city for putting him in, in this place. And I did pause and think, well, I hope everything goes okay. For some reason, that's just it. <clears throat> anyway, uh, he introduced a much-needed bridge between the community and the police and the council. And introducing a positive culture to change and foster accountability. Since then, I've seen him at all kinds of events, rebuilding trust between the public and police. And believe me, that went a long way with the public because there was a lot of problems and issues. He made himself available, which was really appreciated by everybody. <clears throat> um, the, the public take notice and they loved what he was doing. He was accessible, honest, and cared for his city. His efforts were recognized by the council members, some who previously might have criticized the department and weren't happy. The decision to place him on leave, despite his remarkable track record and critical juncture at the department, stands uh, warrants a thorough examination of the council's intentions and support. A Kramer investigation place couldn't find anything, and we deserve transparency. And obviously, they didn't find anything because when he was put on leave, two, four, five, and seven, and eight was immediately notified. Thank you. Your time is up. Oh. Okay. Well, the next speaker we have transparency. Uh, Kira and Robert. We're going to follow the exact same suit, um, talking about Chief Trigen. So um, with California Brainwaves, the nonprofit that I founded, we are specifically helping people with brain and developmental disabilities. In 10 years of speaking to people about people with brain and developmental disabilities, he's been the most knowledgeable person I've ever spoken with. I was actually talking to him at the budget meeting, at the San Leandro budget meeting last year, and we had a full-on conversation. And I immediately felt way more comfortable building our first campus model here in San Leandro. We've got five locations in the Bay Area picked out. I've really targeted San Leandro to the point of moving here for the last couple of years and networking. And because of his integrity and his knowledge and his leadership skills, it just seems like the more I dig into this, it really seems like this is a racial situation that is going on. Um, he wanted to put two women of color into uh, power, and it just seems like, 
I don't know, I'm just getting like this good old boy energy that, it, you know, we're shifting things back. And I'm just getting really nervous about the racial context of the HR issue that is seeming to destroy his reputation when this man's reputation should be absolutely restored at best. And whether he's going to Oakland or San Leandro, my kiddos are either going to San Leandro or Oakland. My kiddo has mental illness and autism, and I feel comfortable with him at the helm. Um, I know Hart has a, a disabled child as well and has followed up as well with his career background. Um, but I know, again, we want people of color in power. We want people of color in position. And I really want to make sure that we're taking care of his reputation, if anything else. We need to restore his reputation. Thank you. The last speaker card I have is for Robert. Hello, uh, my name is Robert Bulletel. Um, I didn't really prepare anything, but I did want to speak in defense of uh, Chief Bridget. It's really unfortunate that you guys have put him on administrative leave for like almost half a year without any real reason. He's got a history of doing the right thing and giving up corrupt police departments. I actually do trust that guy because like, usually for me, I have an inherent distrust of police because of a lot of misconduct that has been covered up over the years. Uh, not only here, but in, across the state, across the nation. With uh, Chief Pridgen, uh, he was very very quick to get back to me whenever I had issues. Um, the first time I had spoken with him was through an email communication where uh, there was a murder down the street from my kid's school. It was the first murder of the year last year. Um, my kids go to Garfield Elementary and this murder happened right on Marina. When I asked why there wasn't a Nixville alert or anything, he was really quick to get back to me and pretty much told me the truth that uh, the suspect wasn't on the area, so you know um, there was no real reason to alert all the families. And that helped put me at ease, because something that close to home, that does kind of scare me. And especially when you got little kids. So I don't know why you guys would want to put him on administrative leave without any explanation other than all things. So, you know, enough of politics, let's do the right thing. Let's do something about getting him back in here. Because he's someone that the community can trust. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. That's it, right? Work first? Yes, that concludes <laughs> our cards. Uh, and, um, so the next uh, on the agenda is the police department's report. Um, Assistant Chief, do you have anything to share? Oh, thank you, Chair Perry. Chair Perry, excuse me. Uh, good evening, uh, members of the, uh, the uh, board, as well as the members of the community. I do have several updates to give. Uh, the first one is on Assembly Bill 41, which, uh, as you know, is the uh, uh, utilization of military equipment. Uh, as we uh, State last year and approved by council policy was bringing our uh, utilizing this, the CPRB as the uh, community engagement group. So, within 30 days of us submitting and uh, publicly releasing our annual report, uh, we'll hold at least one well publicized and conveniently located community engagement meeting 
um, which would occur here at uh, the CPRB meeting. And the plan is to come forward with that next month in February. Um, from the hiring front, we had two brand new dispatchers start training this past week. Our support services manager uh, will be starting on February 1st. We have one dispatcher that is transitioning from a dispatch to being a police officer on February 1st. And on February 2nd, we have three graduating from the, uh, from the academy. So we'll have four brand new officers in the training program. And the training program typically takes about four months, uh, four and a half months to get them uh, out on their own. Uh, with that, Chair Bailey, I was uh, 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 thanks, Adam. One question then on the military equipment. You know, last year we felt kind of jammed for the cutting to April or May. Um, and this seems early. <laughs> so, um, uh, is there a reason why you're choosing to do it in February? Uh, that was discussed last year that we would go uh, to kind of like a calendar year when it comes to the employee. And so, uh, because I think last year it went uh, May, uh, May to April. Uh, and here, trying to get it on, the, on a calendar where we pour it out for a calendar year versus uh, over, over two different calendar years. Okay, so we'll make sure we end into that for uh, um, okay? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I just thank you. I just want to ask something on clarification of the hiring of the officers. So, you said there's four coming, is that, is that straight from the academy? or? Yeah, so three, three graduate the academy on February 2nd. Uh, one is a dispatcher that has previously gone to the academy, and uh, so that individual will start on, on the first. So, in essence, I'll start at the same time. Is there any, so, is there any officers that are ready and out on the streets right now? Uh, we have two in the field training program, and we anticipate them being done, I'll say, within probably the next month or so. Okay, so he's out on the streets, he's training, like, with the field training? Uh, there's uh, three, three that are currently training in the field training program. Oh, thank you. final touches on the body worn updated body worn camera policy draft. 
and working very closely with PD on that. Um, thank you. Um, you know, given our action we took at the last meeting in December where we kind of endorsed your uh, number of, of uh, use of force policy issues that you're working on, um, I just want to think out loud about how we can coordinate with you then on the things that, uh, that you've already kind of identified that you're working on um, since we're basically supporting those and want to be able to stay involved. Um, so we maybe have that conversation offline, but it's something I just want to make sure we coordinate it. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Happy to have that conversation offline. Um, and I'm happy to report every time that I do report to CPRB if there's specific policies that we're working on that we're, that's pending um, discussion. So I can give that level of specificity going forward as well. That's helpful. Great. Any other questions or comments? That takes us to the board secretary's report. Eric. Uh, good evening, board members, members of the public. Uh, Happy New Year. Glad to be back here with you all. Um, just a few brief updates. Uh, first, just want to acknowledge, again, the, the prior concerns expressed by both members of this board as well as members of the public this evening and in other forums about their, their concerns vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, Chief Bridget. At this point, I, I do not have any substantive updates to provide. Uh, just want to just uh, reshare again our, our your, everyone's patience is appreciated, just given the sensitivity of the, of the nature of this as a personnel matter. And as soon as we do have information that we can share publicly, we, we certainly will do so. Uh, additionally, some um, some board members and members of the public had inquired about notice of the January council meeting. There was a, um, an action related to interim Chief Hart um, and his appointment, but rest assured that was a, essentially a formality, a perfunctory requirement of, the, of CalPERS, also known as the California Public Employee Retirement System that re requires anyone who's a, what's known as a retired annuitant, but there has to be a formal action taken by the council, but essentially it's just affirming that status quo. It, it's in an interim role. Um, and then lastly, um, I want to just provide some updates regarding the appointment process for your board. As you recall, several members of this board, your terms technically uh, expired at, at December 31st of 2023. Um, but as we noted at the December meeting, uh, you know, our county, our city code, um, you know, essentially states that until a successor appointment, until another appointment is made or a reappointment is made, you all can continue on in your current roles. Um, and additionally related to that, we are still awaiting some final feedback from some council members. Of course, we also have a, a council uh, vacancy right now uh, for District 1C. Uh, the council has um, initiated a process for filling that seat prior to the end of February. And so at this point, I don't have any specific dates at which we expect you know, formal action on those appointments or reappointments. Although I, you know, I could certainly say tentatively our goal was certainly by the end of February or early March to have that issue that, that resolved. Uh, but ultimately, it's the prerogative of the council as to and the council members as to when they wish to make those appointments. And we'll of course continue to keep your board and the public up to date as we have any further updates on that. And that, that concludes my report. I want to say anything else. Um, do you have any news on where we are? Here? 
Oh, yes, actually I do. Um, actually, I, I just actually got an email this afternoon thanks to one of our um, staff members from our communications team and also from uh, helpful feedback from our board chair. We did make some updates to the CPRB website, so I encourage you all to take a look at those. They're again draft. It's an iterative process to the extent additional edits are needed. And just as a reminder, that's just it's sanlando.org forward slash CPRB. Hi. Questions are not made, but I just want to know what will we be doing on that piece of paper that wasn't covered. That. What is this? Yeah, because I was, I was just. I, just I think this is just um, related when we discussed the uh, exit issue. Oh. Election process, this is just a background information on how we use the project. I think I've uh, seen the first page. That's the worst. Is there a well, that's what we get there. Okay, that's fine. Sorry. Okay. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and uh, so, uh, well, I was obviously hoping that our partners would be more known uh, sooner than that. Uh, but um, we'll talk about that when we uh, maybe can work with the comments. Um, the, uh, Oh, with uh, Joy's uh, resignation yesterday, um, we have that vacancy there. My understanding from this chat with Eric is that uh, it's District 2, which is Brian Acevedo's uh, district. Um, so Brian would be able to draw from any of the applicants that have already um, filed, uh, way back a year ago. Um, for that district, but if you know of anybody who might be interested and hasn't applied, they should be encouraged to apply ASAP. Um, and I encourage you to kind of get that word out, you know, through your own networks. Um, I'd like to be sure we're able to be fully staffed at the work. Um, and uh, I'm uh, sorry to see Dwight go, but uh, respect people's personal lives and choices and needs. So, to this, the council seat. Um, so I believe council member Azevedo. Should have this vote. It would just be, because I believe council member Azevedo is on the end. It will be, well, presuming. Correct. So this is the appointment for the successor to Joy's seat. would have a one-year appointment, essentially, or to get us through to the end of this calendar year. With the ultimate goal of essentially getting all the board, all the board member seats tied to the, you know, to the same election electoral cycle as the appointed councilman. But that's a working progress. Uh, it, it is correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, so uh, this gets us to our first action item, um, which is uh, to review the uh, committee report and recommendations. Uh, for the selection process for the, the newly established CPRB Ex Officio Youth members. Um, 
My understanding is that there's not a formal report per se. Um, I know that uh, Joseph and Tim and Joy had been uh, changing emails and whatnot. And so what I thought I would do is to just uh, ask some questions that either those two can answer them from what they were thinking about, and then other people weigh in. And I know that there's also some important kind of city attorney uh, uh, information that we also need to consider. But the idea here is for us to be able to follow up on what the council at the time uh, when they passed the ordinance change um, had uh, actually had to suggest two things. One is they suggested that the CTRB be able to weigh in on what the selection process ought to look like. And another, one of the other um, council members went a little further and said it, and to consider the CTRB itself having some role in actually uh, vetting or uh, reviewing the application before it goes to what is typically uh, for these kinds of appointments goes to the, the rules committee of the city council. It goes from the city to the rules committee to the city council for final approval. So, um, so with the appointment goes to myself, we have a three So the first um, question that I had was, you know, with that major change, if you recall, in the council decision to amend the ordinance was to change the, the time period, the eligibility by age from 18 to 22 to 14 to 22, which means there are minors in 14 and 17 who would be eligible, and it raises perhaps issues around what the application process might look like when it involves minors. <coughs> Did you folks have any chance to look into or have any thoughts on that, Joseph or Tim, on the, the implications for you know, the application process with minors? Uh, yes, we, we did uh, talk about the different uh, different applications that are available on the city website for, for different uh, commissions. The Youth Advisory Commission has an application that's different from the it's different from the Community Police Review Boards. Um, um, there was some discussion from the city council to um, for uh, ages 14 to 17 years old to eliminate uh, elimination of sexual orientation and gender in the application. And the um, Youth Advisory Commission, they, they asked for all, all that sexual orientation, but the Community Police Review Board, they, uh, you know, they ask you know, what district you live in, do you have any kind of, you know, this, would, this application would be used for the 18 to 22 years old, and, you know, the same application that we have now. But there also is a, um, Police, uh, youth police cadet application. It's a 
the Teen Police Academy application, it's pretty uh, general. You know, they ask your first and last name, applicant's phone number, your address, date of birth, and school or grade coming this fall, and uh, parent emergency contact name, parent email contact name, and, uh, and why you're interested, just something fairly simple. And that's for the Team Police Academy. And that, is that the same thing as the Police Cadet application? That's the same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Team Police Academy. Okay. The Team Academy is separate from the academic program. Yeah. That's what I'm looking okay. So I'm not confused. So it's two different things, two different applications? Correct. The Team Academy is a program we used to hold in the summertime uh, for. For high school age uh, individuals to attend a kind of a week long um, uh, version of the Citizen Police Academy. Our cadet program is our explorers. It's uh, running through the Urban uh, District of Boy Scouts of America. And same thing with their uh, ages 14 to 20, they, they age out at uh, age 21. The two completely separate uh, uh, programs. Okay. So for the ages of 18 to 22, just keep the same application that we have now, and from 14 to 17, put down it as something similar to the San Andrew Police Explorer application, where they just ask general information and, and uh, parental permission. Make sure the that would, that would cover uh, you know, any issues that we, that we see on the board here. I haven't seen anything and, yet. And it sounds like that particular application for applications even simpler than the one for the YAC. Yes, the YAC has asked a lot of the okay. lot of personal information. Anything else on that? Anything you want to add? I have some questions that may or may not be acceptable at this time. Um, well, at the moment we're going to focus on the applications. Um, itself. Um, the applications are changed or use a different application than what we're used to as full board members. Um, any questions related to that that you wanted to ask specifically, Tim? Uh, maybe. Uh, basically, I wanted to know who is receiving these applications currently and do we have any applications? I think the short answer is. Um, the clerk, and we don't have any yet because it hasn't been announced, I don't believe. Um, well, I mean, we've had the old opening for first year. Mm -hmm. Did we get any applicants? I'm sorry. The know. reason we went to this was because we weren't getting Okay. You can just use the microphone.
So my understanding is at the moment we have no pending applications for either uh, the <coughs> so-called student position we had for nor for the new exhibition. And when that recruitment starts, those applications go directly to the city clerk. And then what we'll talk about next is then you know, is there an opportunity for the CPRB to review any of those applications before it goes out to the rules We'll get to that. Okay. Um, I think that's accurate. Um, so, um, any other particular question? Is there anything from the city attorney you want to know about when it comes to the applications themselves? Um, yeah, I'll just note that um, I, I understand that this issue has been raised, and to what Board Member Trujillo is pointing out, that given the potential that there might be minors. Uh, for applicants, there are other concerns regarding privacy as to what information may be disclosed in the content or may be disclosed publicly in the review process. So um, I don't see that impacting the overall procedures that are agreed upon today by the board and your ability to do so. Um, the city attorney's office would be happy to review the application itself for the material and advise on what would or could not be publicly disclosed um, in the future and, and the proper mechanism to ensure privacy where uh, the laws will I, 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 also, I, also, I know we were talking, I know it's a but since minors, I know it's been talked about in city council, certain ones are concerned about like, things like, you know, graphic stuff, right? Is that taken into consideration? Like, they might not be able to view, like, a shooting or car crashes or something like that. I mean, I have reviewed the council meeting, so I, I do know okay. that one of the council members had expressed concern about I think actually two may have weighed in. Um, concerned about a minor being exposed to anything that might be traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in our case, I mean, obviously we don't review use of force incidents here. I mean, our purview is not to this kind of investigation themselves, so mm -hmm. not so likely it would come up here. However, in our training, as you recall, yeah. there was the um, videos we reviewed from LAPD that had some actual. Um, incidents of use of force and uh, and an option involved shooting that resulted in death and it was death of a hostage and so that would be the only place I've seen where I think there would be a chance that at least one of we've been exposed to so far as we have and clearly we could make that part of the recommendations that any training that would be provided to minors would be uh, sensitive to that and make sure that they're not made available or they're not exposed to it. Okay. So I don't think that's, I don't think we all agree with that's makes sense, but it was very to write as a one of the concerns of the council. Okay. Was there a concern about um, <clears throat> level of comprehension of the training? Because the training that we took uh, was uh, was a lot. And I'm not saying that a 14 year old couldn't comprehend it, but that's a lot of stuff for them to try to understand and decipher. We'll get to the training, but I'll, that's a good point. Um, we'll address that shortly. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, uh, um, oh, wait. Concerns, um, and it sounds like the the, uh, the attorney is coming with us doing our best effort to come up with an application 
process would make sense and no review would take concerns with those. Um, but it's, it's useful to know when we have, you know, the, that we are right away ought to be thinking about privacy issues when it comes to minors. And I think we have already started to think about that a little bit, right? Um, I just had another question. Go ahead. Let's see, attorney, um, see, the police explorer application, they, they do it, you know, they have, um, I'm sure they see a, a lot of stuff too, but is there any, uh, any form, like a city calls it home, hold harmless release forms that, that the um, child's parent or guardian could sign? Um, I do want to address that an applicant that would be under the age would require parental consent, and that would be something that we would review in terms of privacy. I do want to draw the distinction, I think, in the discussion as to, you know, uh, a minor's, um, perhaps maturity or ability to take that material. That's not part of our legal analysis. That's a separate discussion that was had uh, by the Council for Qualification of, of Candidates. Um, but to, to, to your question, we would provide the re required parental um, agreements and waivers as necessary for their participation. So the city attorney will provide We ultimately work that into that. So the next big question is really regarding the review of those applications. If it's, if our understanding is correct, it's going to get a new form of some form in some form, the applications are going to be uh, coming into the clerk and then they would, and then the question is what happens. Now they have to go right to the rules committee. Um, here's a chance to uh, state your preference on whether you think the, uh, this body itself ought to have a role in reviewing those applications before it goes to the rules committee. Um, and first I'll just start with Joseph and Tim, did you have to Anything on that you want to share before we open it up for more? I would just get, I'd like to get clear of the process, how, how it is now. Sure, I'd be happy to provide an overview. So, according to that, the current provisions of the ordinance essentially states that the, uh, any applications that are submitted. Uh, for these two seats would be uh, essentially shared. The, all the application materials would be shared with the Rules Committee, which is you know, a subset of the City Council, and they have the prerogative to essentially review those applications or um, you know, do with them as they will in terms of whether they want to review them or interview their students or whatever process, it, and then essentially make a recommendation to the full City Council. So presently, there's no formal role for this board in reviewing those applications. Uh, but you know, for that um, October meeting with City Council, the City Council uh, did ask for, for this board to take the opportunity, as we're doing tonight, to, to weigh in to the extent you have any recommendations. Yeah, uh, council member, uh, council member uh, did recommend that the Community Police Review Board have an opportunity to propose to the council where our preferred selection process would be. And, uh, it's a fairly simple process. Um, is it, you know, the applicant files the application, and, and I believe this application go to the city clerk. Is that correct? And the city clerk gives it, you know, the um, 
community police review board access to the applications for selection process. And the, the community police review board will form ad hoc committee with maybe a, a member of the San Leandro Youth Advisory Committee. If that's possible for uh, just for uh, transparency and to evaluate the application by ensuring we are all evaluating all the applicants equitably. Then the Community Police Review Board would send the recommendations with the uh, alternates to the city clerk and then the city clerk will send it to the Rules Committee and the Rules Committee will send it to the City Council and, and you can go and do the process again by evaluating our, our paper. <coughs> Okay, so to be clear what, what this, uh, at least what the use of that committee does is it probably right away finesses some of these uh, concerns about privacy because our ad hoc meetings are not public. Um, they're not something we have to check the formal material that goes to the public. Um, and uh, so there is some wisdom in that, obviously. Um, so the question I would have is, if the ad hoc committee were to review a dozen applications and then make a recommendation, let's say that for top two, um, <clears throat> what would, uh, would those two names then be um, voted on by the full board, without um, going into details about their background and whatnot, again, to you know, uh, respect privacy? Or would we be, um, I'm not sure we can't, um, could we delegate that decision making to the ad committee so we wouldn't have to come back before the full board and could be should be in a public meeting? That's just a question I wanted to answer that. Any thoughts on that one or the other? Tim. Uh, this may or may not be a response for what you're looking for, but first of all, I don't. I don't want or think that we should be uh, part of the approval process for ex officio members, no more than I would want to approve Joy's replacement. Uh, this was set up. Uh, each of us got selected uh, without, it's, it, it's just not standing with, to me with the original intent of how we were selected and how we should be selected in the future. Uh, secondly, uh, we went a long time with uh, us seven members and no younger members or student members. And uh, the main impetus why we found it necessary to change was because of the Majority, we were having seven people show up, but, but we needed five people to approve something and vote. So we have that now. But if we're going to have ex officio members, we have a hard time apparently recruiting them as it is. So now we're looking. I think I think the uh, the reason why we 
looking for ex officio younger members is we want, purportedly want input from you. But then we're telling them, if we get these applicants, we're telling them, okay, but we don't, but we don't, we don't want your vote. We want your input. So I, I don't know exactly how this is going to work. If we have two ex officio members here, then uh, they will participate in the discussions, I presume, just like we do. But then when it comes to a vote, they won't vote. And uh, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like an attractive thing to me if I was considering it as a youth. Like I said, just a comment, not really an answer to it. Well, no, an important counterpoint to the assumption that we, we should have they're being involved in vetting these applications. Um, it's changed. It's different than any other uh, <coughs> than any other board, as far as I know. Um, it's very different from our past practice. So we've got to be thinking about whether it's or the whole different issue of whether exhibition status is unattractive for youth. Um, I think there are other barriers that are bigger, frankly, um, time and training. Um, so, um, uh, I, I know the council was with, wrestling with this. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the word they used was voice. It the voice in the, our sessions without necessarily having uh, full rights. And so, they seem to feel, and I think like Christian group also think that that is not unimportant, and, uh, but also <coughs> for some youth that may not be enough to really commit to the time and training about, and that's a trade-off, right? Definitely have it. Um, but, the, you know, but the die is cast in terms of the change, right? It's actively show. Um, the alternative was they're going to be entirely. So I think the council was not comfortable with that. Um, that's at least how I answered it here. Because that came up um, <clears throat> as one of the options, and uh, it was clearly the least attractive to the council. Um, so, any other thoughts on this kind of big issue, whether we should be getting involved or not? Um, <clears throat> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm comfortable with however we got here, and it should be done the same way. Um, I don't think we should have input as well, but I, I do like the fact that we will have youth on there with a different perspective um, from what they're looking at, as opposed to us uh, mature people. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm I don't think Sure. Other thoughts, comments? Um, well, I, I, I voiced my opinion on this whole idea in, in previously, and that is I, I like the idea of having a, a youth voice, um, but I just, I, I think it's one of those ideas that looks good on paper. But in terms of execution, it's going to be really difficult to do. 
you know, uh, for a lot of the reasons that we give it here. I think the biggest is really to be simply time. You know, when I was 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, I was involved in student government. I had to worry about college applications. I had to worry about homework and my algebra finding that was coming up, not to mention having a social life. And I would not have had 30 extra hours, you know, to go through police training and to go and sit in meetings where I can give my opinion, but my opinion is just simply that. There's no weight to it. There's, I'm not going to have voted on. Uh, I, I just have, have a chance to speak up. I can, I can do none of that and come here and speak up every month for two minutes uh, on, on every uh, item that is open to the public for public comment, but I haven't done any of this stuff. So, um, so I, I, I think that no matter what decision we make about our uh, involvement and um, with the selection process, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm with Keith on this, and I, I don't think uh, we should be involved in, as far as the, the selection process is concerned. I just think we're going to run into the same problem, and that is uh, in terms of, uh, of being a teenager who's got the time to do it and who's got the will to do it. It's one of those things, you know, if we look at it as a totally mercenary um, enterprise, it's something that looks good on a college application. I mean, but but other, in, in, aside from that, I, I just think it's going to be a problem. I, I don't mean to be that, or I would love to see it. Um, but I, I just think we're going to end up in the same boat that we were in before. That's my two cents. Fair enough. Um, and this, this, um, the age limit is not just for, it's not just for uh, school children. It's for ages 14 to 22 years old. So, <clears throat> talk to the youth advisory commission, and, and uh, they have different ways of uh, recruitment. Um, and they also invited us to, to go over there and, 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 and talk about recruiting. You know, or recruiting board members here for the Police Review Board and you know, just tell our whole story. They use a lot of more social media. They have an Instagram page by and uh, you know, they use the same thing. Seven or ten But that, you know, they, they got a ton of members. They can recruit for them. I don't see why we couldn't be able to get two for over here. And, and, uh, it wasn't just the council members recommending during that council meeting recommending that there be a, a voice from the youth. It was a, a lot, a lot of people, concerned citizens from the city that that expressed their opinion, of, you know, either in person or online. That they, this is what they they requested also. Was a youth voice for otherwise they were going to try to eliminate the youth voice. Period. <clears throat> yeah, I just want to kind of elaborate what kind of like what Brian Cook was saying. Yeah, it's the time constraint. I mean, from the beginning, what, if I remember when we got pointed to the, we had one uh, student who actually was here, like, what, 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 and then I think the other one withdrew, right? Before the application came. So that just tells you something. And then he, the one that we had, ended up having to resign because he had to go to school. So that's just the same thing. It's going to be the same thing with uh, if we recruit them as ex officio. Especially since, they, like he says, they can, all they have to do is sit here and give their input. 
even though it's highly welcome, you know, we can get a fresh perspective about what they think about the police. But it's like, if I had to do that, if you just want me here, and it's a volunteering basis, and all I can do is I can't make a difference other than my voice, I may be a little bit reluctant to want to apply. That's just my dissent. So. And, you know, time constraint also, personally, adults also have that too. It's just that maybe we can better manage it better than teenagers who have applications going, they're dating, you know, whatever. So that's just my thoughts. Okay, now that was, the position is not uh, listed as student positions anymore. It's ages 40 to 22. But same thing, they're in, but they're school age, right? Because there's 14 to 22. That's like freshmen, kind of like a high school. That's all the way through college is what yeah, it is. Yeah, freshmen in college. And, and it's the same deal. Huh? Find a high school job, but it's the same, if I'm sorry, like me, uh, you know, having the age of 14 to 22, I mean, for God's sakes, college is worse. You know, if you're a full-time college student, it's, it, you know, your time is even more limited because your workload is going to be more demanding. And as I, I, as I, I said, I'm not down on the idea. I would love to have two, two students here, two young people here, you know, who are committed and who are here at every meeting. And I, and I hope that it happens. I, I just fear that we're going to run into the same problem that we ran into before. That's all. That's why I yeah. I'm, I'm with the same thing. I mean, I would love to have, like I said, a fresh perspective, but it's just that we might run into problems. Most likely, we probably will be back to square one. That's just my fear. Okay. Well, one good thing is there are ex-official, and they, you know, it's not going to hurt us to try, and it's not going to hurt us if we don't be free. Okay, have you started? This is the conversation we need to have. Um, uh, and I think the council member that suggested that you would want to be involved in the social process was not saying you should. You should have a chance to decide yourselves.
description of what the new positions would be, and that didn't change the terms, and it didn't change the training requirements. So if we felt strongly that, that we needed to um, find a way to reduce the training or waive it even, um, so it made it easier for youth to participate, um, uh, it feels like, and here's where I think the city attorney's way in, that might require yet another change in the ordinance, which is a, another pushing the rock uphill deal. But um, um, please, what would you like? It, it would. Um, I just want to remind the board that the discussion that's agendized today is the recommended procedures to the rules committee as reported by the ad hoc committee. So but, um, any further discussion as to considering the student position or the qualifications would have to be agendized and discussed at a future item, and no action can be taken on those items today. What? I mean, it says um, that we're to consider recommendations. So if a recommendation was specifically around Either our development recruitment or uh, wanting to uh, explore what it would take to, to change, change the training requirements. I, I yeah, let me draw the distinction. Um, you can you can make the discussion today about the recommendations that you would like to make to city council regarding the procedures. Um, but any changes to those actual procedures would require a future agenda item to review the proposed changes to the ordinance. Oh, I see. So if we were to propose changing the ordinance to change the training requirement, that would take a separate agenda. I get that. Yes. But a more general summation of our point of view as a body about what we think about how the ex officio should be selected um, it can be done with this agenda. Yes, correct. I feel better. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought that what we were talking about was, that, uh, first of all, was just our involvement, what if any involvement we should have. And, and my, I'm not making this as an official motion, I'm just throwing this out there. My uh, opinion based on what it is that I'm hearing here as well, I think that, um, I don't want to speak right now, but I think we're kind of on the same pages. I think we should, short of, of participating in, in terms of helping uh, with recruitment, you know, going to speak to youth groups, going to speak at schools, going to speak at YAC meetings, whatever we can do, having, you know, a booth set up in the farmer's market, whatever we can do to help recruit, that would be our um, our role in this. But in terms of actually the, the selection process the, 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 and the selection of the actual applicants, um, we we should be out of that. Second. Well, that was the motion. <laughs> I can make an motion. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith and I had agreed on the same thing in the same meeting, man. That, that was it. It was called Rufus, believe it or not. What the hell did I just say? I don't remember it. Uh, I, I make a motion uh, that uh, this, this body's involvement in this process be limited to the promotion and the uh, recruitment, the promotion of the of the, 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 the program of the board and the recruitment of uh, of, of candidates. Uh, and, and that would include such things as going to to speak uh, in front of youth groups, uh, 
anything that we can do as far as you know, farmers market boosts, city public events, that's what our role is. But in terms of the actual selection, um, in terms of the actual qualifications, all of that stuff should be out of our hands. We should have nothing to do with it over, uh, other than simply a promotion and recruitment. Is that too long of us? Long enough. Long enough? Okay, long so long that's what we say it again because I can't. So, um, my understanding, and this will be a shorter version of the motion, was that the CPRB role in the selection process for um, ex officio members be limited to promotion of our board, at, you know, the board and recruitment, including speaking uh, at youth organization meetings, etc. Schools, etc. Okay. Um, that's the short version. Can yeah. live with that? Um, so, um, I can do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said something. Um, um, all those in favor of the motion? Uh oh. Public oh. comment? Any public comment? Uh, I just want to sit right me. I just want to challenge the committee to think about outside of the box. So people that have been in the juvie hall, um, people that are high school dropouts, um, people with autism because they would love to be enriched with information. They might be more socially inept sometimes, but they're really great at these types of meetings. They do not find it boring. They love going through all this information usually. So just kind of think outside of the box. You can give disabled people, people with a criminal history. You can give people without that are not going to college a chance. And again, this would help them with their future resumes, with their careers, etc. So thank you so much. We really want their point of view. Just a suggestion, like if there's any way to offer a scholarship to students that might want to um, join in on the sport, I think that would be a decent incentive that, you know, kind of uh, help them build their paths towards, uh, I don't know, maybe they want to go into criminal justice, maybe they want to become a police officer, who knows, this will give them insight, but this will also encourage them to stick to the board if they have to stay on and actually attend meetings in order to receive the scholarship at the end of the term. Uh, that's just my suggestion. Thank you. Thank you.
before we move on, well, don't we have a motion already on, on the oh, sorry. Sorry. Excuse me, the public comment. Um, so. so there's a motion and a second? Yeah, it sounds right. So all those in favor of the motion, and people need to hear it again? Hopefully they remember. Aye. Aye. For the uh, record, Chairperson, I'll just read into the record that we had six I votes and no, no, no votes. We have five, five, five. eyes, mm -hmm. one Joseph. no, and one thank you. Um, apologies, which was the no vote? Just, just, just. Thank you. Okay, sorry. Um, so back to the, uh, is it worth pursuing or thinking further about this uh, just my two cents again, and that is I, I think we should leave it alone, and if, if they're going to um, sit in with us and, and, and the members of the board, even though they're not voting, they, they should go through the same training. And, and the reason being is that I learned a lot during my 30 hours, and I had a lot more to learn, obviously, but it, it enabled me to come at some of the issues that come before this body uh, from a more informed place. And if we want their two cents, you know, and we want their their uh, perspective, uh, they should be coming from a, a, an informed place as well. Second. <laughs> okay. Um, no, no, seriously, no. I think they should go through because we'll we'll end up spending a lot of time answering questions that they can learn in the training. So they should probably go through that. That's why I have the question about comprehension, right? If they they should be able to understand it and go through the same training that we do. Go through it. It's going to be tough for us to move forward on anything because we got a vacancy with Joy's um, resignation. Now we have to get somebody else in that position up to speed to be able to um, articulate the discussions that we have here. So it's going to be a challenge every time there's a replacement for these positions. So any, any other comments on this particular the training aspect? Yes, no. We're changing here to thirty-seven dollars. Yeah, I agree because, you know, about the training thing, I mean, they also, I mean, the 30, yes, it, it, it was in depth, but they need to understand it, so, we don't, okay. yeah, and then they all, and if the, the right along, they need exposure, because it's a police review board, they need that too, so they can understand, you know, somewhat of the workings of the police department. Perfect. Jim, do you have any comment on this one? I'm in complete alignment with uh, what looks like. To come on a motion here, so. <laughs> okay. um, and Joseph, do you have any comments? Yeah, um, <clears throat> we're just making a suggestion that the 18 to 22 year olds receive the same training as the community police review board members and the 14 17 year olds get something a little shorter, like a ride along and ground act training. Or <clears throat> the same training. Okay, um, it raises the same issue though, right? We're going to pursue the, the reduction of the requirements of training for just the 14 and 17 year olds is still going to require a change in the ordinance. So, so I, I do have a question about the ordinance. If we're talking about that, can I ask that? Sorry, I do have a question about if we were to change. If we, I'm not I'm making any questions, I just need the clarification. How long would that take? If we were, if we have to bring it to the council, and let's say we agree to do that. 
Uh, well, certainly, I mean, just playing this out, if you wanted to agenda, well, first off, backing up, <clears throat> just sharing this is for my, our staff's understanding of the, the request from the council at their October meeting was they were asking this board to weigh in on the selection process. Okay. That was that was the scope of what was essentially, I would consider, a cost of as a referral to this board to, to weigh in on. Mm -hmm. There was no element of that related to these other kind of tangential factors. With all that said, of course your board, if you so choose, the majority of you so choose, that you feel that the training requirement is problematic and you want to agenda as a future discussion about that and formulate recommendations related there too, you could certainly do that. But yes, you would certainly have a, the clock to do that. You know, schedule it at a future meeting, have a discussion, develop a recommendation, and then uh, we would then you know, elevate that uh, recommendation. It, it to be determined whether that would go through rules first, through the rules committee of the city council, um, versus directly to the council, and then ultimately go to the council if they, what they wanted to do with that. So it could take up to you. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. It would be a number of months. Yeah, it's going to look like a six or seven month process. Okay. No, I'm just trying to understand. So, yeah, because things do. No, but there's a time frame for everything with the city council and there's a lot of things that you think. I understand that. That's why, yes, I just want to know the time frame, but that's fine. You you explained it. Thank you. And just to clarify, the, the reason we're talking about things like training, it, uh, it was not ignoring what, was, you know, what the council's interests were. It was if we're also trying to solve the problem of how we recruit people to these new positions, that's not appropriate for us to be able to talk about. It. That if we had strong opinions about what was would help or hurt that process, that's why we're having this conversation. But um, honestly, um, my sense right now, and I honestly don't think we need a motion, um, is that we have taken action on the one thing that there seems to be clear agreement, which is we, uh, that we should be involved in recruiting um, uh, and not in the actual uh, reviewing of applications. Um, Frankly, I would encourage us to uh, defer the discussion about the training issues, as you know, it's a you know, substantial change. Um, and obviously, if we were going to go back to our ordinance changes, there's a list I have that um, Eric can probably guess to um, on some of those that uh, I would strongly encourage before we go back to this particular item. Um, so, um, can we close this? Any, are you comfortable with this moving on to the next? Yes, but I, I mean, if we're in agreement that we shouldn't, then there should be no more discussion about it. If we're all in agreement that we shouldn't change the training, then why should we have to come back to it? I'm not, I said the first, I mean, no more discussion now, and if somebody wants it to come back up for the end of some future date, they're going to have to indicate that if we can get it like any other item. But I don't see any need to do that at this point. Uh, I just got one more one more thing. Um, okay. um, community police review board members state that um, you know, recruiting some uh, a student or somebody is kind of hard because they don't have no time, and that that was the reason for shortening the training process also because they don't have the time go 
I don't disagree with uh, the premise. Um, you already said I'm concerned about that. But I think we've decided as a body that we're not going to address it now. Um, and, uh, and, but we do need to think about what recruiting efforts would look like and, and make some changes for that. But um, just to clarify, Eric, so for what, in what form would the device decision be made available to the council? Uh, certainly, we well. I think it's to be determined. We will rest assured we will share this and elevate this feedback from your board to both the rules committee as well as the council. Um, it is fairly, you know, the, the recommendations and your motion that carry is, is very straightforward and clear. Uh, so if, if, it, if it works for you all, I would like the opportunity just to just to touch base with the city manager on that, whether or not you know. I think there are several options. Either we could simply you know, email this. Debriefing of what the early action was taken in the council, um, but in addition, I know there's an expectation that we you know, bring this to the rules committee as well. So. I mean, part I ask because if, you know, if this is enough feedback from the council and the rules committee to actually start the recruitment process, then we can feel like we're elevated, so we can be you know working ourselves on what we're going to do to aid that recruitment process. So Understood. I mean, if, 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 if it works for your board, I, just allow me a few days to just discuss space with my my, uh, my superiors, and uh, we can uh, we can report back on our, on our you know the, the, the path forward. Okay. So that you're aware. To, to, you. So that you're aware of what's happening and what we're doing. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you.
or we're discussing that might reduce the disparities in current stocks. But it's like, did he put the I think um, if we knew what their policy was or the reason why that they take those, um, perform those stops, then making a policy change might might help. But if it's going to continue to be individual biases on how they conduct business, then I'm not sure if there's anything we could do to stop. Well, I, I think that there should be some kind of an external review, independent yeah. review of this, to find out exactly why this is. I, and I mean, I have my suspicions as, as to why this happens. And just to remind you of the numbers that the IPA gave us from September 1st, 2022 to September 30th, 2023, uh, in terms of stops of, of uh, individuals who were not uh, suspects who were being looked for did not match an identification. Were not driving a vehicle that was that was looked for. Uh, the breakdown is 808 African Americans were stopped, 746 Latinos, and 347 Caucasians. And you know we can dress this up how we want to dress it up and say, well, there are other reasons. Or perhaps on his face, it's not exactly happy. Come on, I mean, come on. I mean, these numbers you're saying that basically because of the as an African American in this city, I'm more than twice as likely to be stopped, even though I don't match the description, even though my vehicle is not one that matches the description of a vehicle that's being looked for, I'm more than twice as likely to be stopped than, uh, than someone who does not share my skin color. That's just not acceptable. And that goes back to what I call the Jim Crow days of San Leandro. And we don't want to go back there. And um, as a 50 year resident, 50 plus year resident of the city, I, I refuse to sit by and keep my mouth shut as, as evidence emerges that we are going back there. So I think there needs to be some kind of an external review to find out exactly why this is happening. Once we know why this is happening and the circumstances that uh, have uh, enabled disparities such as this, then we can talk about, about solutions. But, you know, let's diagnose the problem first. And I'll stop there for now. Thank you. Uh, others? Others? Um, this is for uh, Assistant Chief uh, Tord. Um, when you see, when you read the, get the data like that, is there any anything that, that the police department does well, they just, uh, you know, as far as en enact some kind of training or do something, um, you know, try to find out why the numbers are so different, or you just, again, as, as numbers and, you know, what is that? That case, you know, it could be, they don't know why those uh, numbers are so high. Uh, what do you do when uh, you see numbers like that? Is there anything that please point to us? Yes, I believe the IBA mentioned uh, either last government before about uh, them actually presenting this room to our staff regarding the, the, the RIPA data. So the information was sent uh, to our department presented by the IBA um, regarding you know, what, the, what the data looked like. 
we have uh, implemented you know, uh, our, our perishable the skills training, perishable yeah, perishable skills training throughout. Uh, there are discussions that we are having internally, uh, as was mentioned also by the IPA, about looking at potential policies uh, that may uh, be able to uh, address some of, the, some of the disparities. So there are all discussions that are, that are occurring uh, within the department, but also with the IPA. Thank you. Actually, um, Aaron, would you like, uh, if you're still there, to do, um, since this was identified in your, in your report as a concern of the IPA, and the chief here is uh, referring to some uh, discussions that are already happening between your office and the police, uh, can you share with us where that stands at least? I think it's still pending. I mean, I think there are a lot of different kind of ideas and strategies that's been in discussion, but we haven't come to a decision point yet. It has to be implemented with a thoughtful deliberation as to kind of make sure that there aren't unintended consequences and also to make sure that there are sufficient data collection that's going to be happening going forward as well, making sure that there's compliance with the data collection. There could be more of a wholesome analysis going forward. But all of those points are all in discussion at this point. Okay. Um, <coughs> I, I guess the, the uh, question I have, and maybe this would be Brian's, if the IPA is act actively engaged in an ongoing review of this data and we're you know, trying to get uh, in deliberations with the police department about how to change practices to impact the deliberations. Would that qualify in your mind as outside your external review? And to be honest with you, I don't know what an external review looks like. I don't know exactly what I say I don't know what it looks like. I, I, in this context, I don't know who would do it. I don't know exactly how it would work. Uh, I just think that this needs to be scrutinized um, and scrutinized thoroughly. Um, and I think that something uh, needs to, there, there needs to be some kind of a decision or some kind of position that this board takes uh, for, as representatives of the community, uh, that says that, quite frankly, we are, we are concerned about this. And we want some kind of some kind of action taken, even if we're not sure exactly what that action is. Just as representatives of, of the community, we all have constituents who we represent here, and um, I, I think we, we we need to take a, a, a firm stand that we look at this. And I mean, this was kind of before I went like, whoa, 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 whoa during the promotion during the presentation. It was like, okay, here's this number. Hey, go to the next slide. Wait, 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 stop. I mean, this is something that's serious when you look at these numbers. And to be quite frank, when, yeah, I, I, was, I was shocked by these numbers. I mean, the, the, these are numbers from when I was a kid here. This is what this looks like. This isn't what it is that, the, this is not where I thought that we were in this city with policing and the stops in, in, the 20, in this part of the 21st century. It's just not. I got a question for the IPA. Do we have more detailed analysis of the stops, right? It's like the numbers that Brian quoted, 
um, I think we may need a little bit more information on, you know, why a person was stopped, um, what were the circumstances surrounded, um, the details of who we were looking for, and then we could look at it um, from a, a mirror perspective and say, okay, I got this wrong. You know, I, I, we were looking for someone in a maroon shirt, and we stopped someone in a black shirt, and it can't and, and explain why, I guess. Well, if I could step in, the, the, the issue with these numbers, at least as I understand the IPA's report, is these are not people who were being looked for. These were not individuals who, it wasn't like we're looking for somebody driving a maroon car, and we pulled over this car and said, that's the description. These stops had nothing to do with uh, an individual description for a person or for a vehicle or for anybody in particular that they were looking for. If I understand that correctly, if I don't, please correct me. Eric, did you So I think starting with Pete's question first, Brian, if that's okay, I don't think that, and Chief Torres, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the data re reflects that kind of apples to apples kind of analysis. That data collection is not, is not in existence. So really what is being collected is just the immediate kind of factors leading up to the stop, right, and the perception of, of, of the of this individual and what happened post-stop. But kind of all of the surrounding issues as to what led to the stop is not being collected. Chief Torres, please let me know if I'm incorrect about that. Yeah, that's correct. Um, that's been one of the terms with the collection of rubber heads. It doesn't, it doesn't drill down, uh, in some opinions, enough to, to you know, figure out the reason for uh, particular stops where there's uh, you know more data that I guess that could be collected that could look into it. Um, so right now the form in and of itself it's it's eight pages long in order to uh, collect data and there's still some data points that um, aren't collected that that you know would be beneficial. If I can ask a question, and that is, uh, does the data exist, or is there any kind of breakdown as to what the results of any of these stops, let's take the 808 African American stops, is there something that says, of these, 30% you know, were ticketed, uh, we made X amount of arrests among these people, uh, we found uh, X amount of, 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 of contraband, or illegal drugs, or weapons, or is there, is there something that shows what the results of, of these, the, the, this particular group of stops uh, happened to be, what the results were? Yes, yeah, the results are, uh, and that was part of your analysis, correct, Aaron? As far as what the results yes. of the stops? Yeah. Yeah. The discovery rate, but I think, I, I don't want to, Brian, I don't want you to feel like I'm not answering your question. I will, I'm not, I'm trying to make sure that I understand the, the category in which you're referring to, because there are seven categories in which the, the reasons there are in RIPA, which is traffic violation, reasonable suspicion that a person was engaged in criminal activity, known to be on parole, probation, PRCS, mandatory supervision, knowledge of outstanding arrest warrant or wanted person, investigation to determine if person is truant, consensual encounter resulting in search, and unspecified. And I think unspecified was 0.1% of the of the stops. So I just I just want to make sure that I'm having a clear understanding of which category we're you're referring to first. There, there was a slide. There was a slide in the presentation that mm -hmm. had that had a breakdown of stops. It was a bar graph, and at the mm -hmm. top were at the top of it was the the uh, the number of stops of people who were actually being looked for, 
who they fit a description or their vehicle fit a description. And the numbers I'm giving are the numbers that were below that, that were people that were not being that were not being looked for, who were stopped. And I don't have to say, you would have the screen, I, 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 I don't have the screen, and, and, and frankly, I, I took notes on, on what the numbers were. And so sure. those, those, are the numbers, those are the numbers that I'm looking at. These are the numbers that, based upon, upon the screen, the presentation, the bar graph, uh, screen, the presentation, were separated from those where they were specifically looking for somebody that was probable. I'm not going to say there was no probable cause for any of these topics. I don't know. But, but these were separated out from those where they were looking for somebody that was a photo of or somebody on a vehicle or something, and they uh, uh, stopped those, those people. These are, these based on, on your presentation, um, were, uh, were not in that category. Let me interrupt a moment. We're five minutes away from uh, 7.30, and we go to Aquara, uh, so we don't cut off this core conversation, and we've got a couple of quick I think that's fine. Can you order that? Sure, I think. I, so, um, you can go ahead now. We have one more time. <laughs> no, no, I just want to say, Brian, because I, I, I'm not sure which slide you're referring to. So I think it might be best, Brian, if you don't mind, if I reach out to you offline to set up a call and we can, we can find the exact slide that you're referring to and we can talk about that. I don't want to misspeak because I'm not able to find the slide that you're referring to. Um, but I'm happy to continue discussion offline, of course, and report back and continue discussion next month as well. Um, but I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm precise and exactly which slide you're referring to. Okay, first. I'm fine with that. All right, great, thank you. Uh, okay, um, other concerns or comments? I, it feels to me that um, as detailed as was the IPA data was, what I am hearing is it would be helpful if we had maybe some more analysis of what we don't, what we do and we don't have in terms of data from what we're hearing, if there's compliance issues, for example. Uh, we've also heard in the IPA report there's also many proper stops. Uh, we don't know the frequency of that, um, you know, what, what not. Um, pretextual stops, which I think is part of what Brian's referred to, are just one of the, you know, or two of the categories, the seven categories that Aaron listed. Uh, that are captured, in, uh, or at least ideally captured in the data. Um, and I'm just thinking out loud that it, it might be useful to to hear a parent say, we're not at a decision point now about making specific recommendations for changes in practices or policy. Um, I think we'd be inclined to agree that we probably need more information ourselves if we can go there. Um, but I'd like to suggest that we uh, continue to agenda this item and ask the IPA and the, the, the chief to um, and report back to us on this next level of kind of analysis we're suggesting. You know, what are the you know, what are the number of stops per category? With what results? How frequent is the problem of missing data? How frequent is the problem of improper stops um, as a starting point? Um, and, and I don't know how long it takes for that information to get to us, but I think uh, I, I echo Brian's uh, point of view that we ought to be taking a position to say we as a board are concerned about this data, 
We don't know yet quite what to make of it, but we are going to pursue it. Um, and that's kind of my state of mind at the moment. Um, does that capture where we are? I think for the stuff that we're looking for that's not captured right now, it'll be important as we move forward to, um, like I think Assistant uh, Chief was saying that there's eight pages um, of information that's captured, but for the stuff that we need, like moving forward for the 2024, um, if we can get a sample size of some of the stuff that's happening right now as it relates to uh, last year's data to give us a better idea of uh, trying to uh, dive down into what we're actually looking for. That would be my suggestion to the IPA. Can you run that by? Yeah, I mean, so there's stops happening right now, right? So if we looked at the sample size for January of 2024 on, you know, the same information, but with more information that we're asking, right? That some of the stuff that Brian mentioned, some of the stuff that I mentioned, we can look at a sample size and then even like recommend, make a recommendation further on you know, this is what we would like to see, and this is the recommendation, so we could stop having that enormous amount of number of two times a, uh, a different group getting stopped versus someone else. Okay, so if I hear that right, I mean, what you're suggesting is a type analysis that might be useful that we haven't seen so far is kind of a comparing month to month. So what was it in the month of January, let's say, of 2023? How does that compare to 2024? And what are we learning from that comparison? We do that for you. Um, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Um, if, the, if there's general, so we need to come up with a motion that makes sense and that is understandable to folks who are asking to respond to us. Um, um, I like the way that you phrased it. Yeah, just like you, I can't remember what I said. So I <laughs> literally, if you give me two minutes, I'll drop down what I think I said before. Um, uh, and then we can amend it as needed.
think I can hold it. Um, I've got something anyway. Um, let me uh, try this. Um, and, and I'll make the motion, but we would like to probably give it a second. Uh, the motion is the CRP, CPRB is concerned about the racial disparities in the SLPD record data as reported by the IPA. We want assurance that the department considers means to reduce such disparities. Accordingly, we request that the SLPD and IPA report back to the CPRB with further data analyses on the frequency of non-compliance uh, um, with the reporting requirements, two, the frequency of improper stops, three, a comparison of the outcomes by race for each of the seven stop categories, and then lastly, a month-to-month -month comparison, 23 versus 24. Um, and it, it, it's, you know, so that's that's the motion. Um, does that capture what we've been talking about? And Second, okay. Uh, well, actually, before you move on, I, the only change I would make is when you say disparities the first time, I would say racial disparities, and then know what we're talking about. I, I don't think it's clear enough. I'll take that as a friendly moment. Actually, I said racial disparities. Yeah, I disparities. In the very beginning, when you first mentioned the disparities in the record data. I said it once, but I'll say it both times. You mentioned it later on down the line, but, but, but that's, the, that's the red flag. Yeah. Um, I'll read it one more time, um, and then we'll have a discussion and see if there's any public comment, and then we can vote. Um, and, and I have not, by the way, added to this a specific statement about when we want to report back. I think we trust the judgment of the IPA and the department, but um, we can you know, agenda as needed. Right? So the motion again is the CPRB is concerned about the racial disparities in the SLPD with the data as reported by the IPA. We want assurance that the department considers needs to reduce such racial disparities. Accordingly, we request that the SLPD and IPA report back to the CPRB. Um, I think I would add it as soon as practical. With further data analysis on the frequency of noncompliance with the reporting requirements, the frequency of improper stops. The comparison of the outcomes by race for each of the seven stock categories and month to month comparison of 23 versus 24 data. Um, we have a second uh, discussion. discussion. Um, I keep seconding already, but. Yeah, Keith beat you to the punch. Oh, darn. He didn't know you did. Right? Yeah, he did. He did, yes. Um, I'll, I'll make you co author. <laughs> um, do we have any public comment before we. Okay, um, so all those in favor of this motion with the uh, Ryan Strange? Aye. 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 Okay, um, and it's unanimous with one vacancy. Thank you. Let the record show <coughs> six unanimous. Yes, Agenda item is um, is elections. 
and a second. Did we call for the vote on that? Oh, or are we just the, uh, continuing the by... Um, I did. Okay, so uh, my, my bad again. So, um, all those in favor of carrying over the elections to... Uh, aye. 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 Okay. Thank you. Okay. Six ayes. Six ayes and one bit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're almost there. The... Uh, uh, Minutes. Um, I'll just note two things for the record. Um, uh, there's reference to us adopting the November uh, meeting notes, but both Keith and I pointed out that we were not at that meeting, we abstained, so that record should reflect that. And second of all, this minor thing, but when we listed the people that were appointed to the, uh, or volunteered for the ad hoc committee, um, the officio chin was one of those kind of things. Otherwise, um, uh, um, and I would make a motion to approve the minutes with those corrections. Seven. All in favor. All in favor. Six eyes. Thank you. Just a couple minutes. The next, the next agenda item um, is our uh, discussion of our work plan. I've passed out to you this um, worksheet called that. On one side, it's a reminder to things we actually did do from our work plan last year, which you might think would be an impressive list. And then a draft, it's just a working draft of what the coming year might look like. Um, and so I recommend that we, you know, we agenda this for action at our next meeting. But don't try to do it now, but if you've got thoughts about things that should be added to the or for that matter, changed if you disagree with something. Um, and they're also meant to be suggestive. So even last year, some of the things we had for one month got slipped into the next. You know, we had the ALPR uh, issue came up that we had in, in our you know radar, and that forced us to juggle our agendas. So things like that will happen. But mostly looking for here, are we covering the right things? Um, and this you know, assumes we'll have. Uh, some further policy reviews this year that have not yet been identified this year. No. So, I just leave it at that and we'll agenda it for the next meeting. Um, I thank you. Um, I think we're at the point of board member comments. Let me just start because of the, the agenda part. 
So what I have for the, the coming agenda is the February is adopting the work plan, uh, the elections, and I think the third thing was the uh, uh, agenda, the, the review of the uh, military equipment uh, report and inventory. Is that right? Um, and, uh, and that's an action item. Um, those are actually all action items. Um, um, and uh, I think that's all I had for because I was aware of the group. And then for this item we just passed tonight, um, Ripa, do we want to have that actually attended for a status report, or do we want to wait for a reasonable period of time to get that? I, I, don't well, I think that maybe after Aaron and I talk, we should have maybe just some kind of an update if there's something that I misunderstood, or if it is as I understood it, just so we so that we're all on the same page. Um, I'm not talking about for an extended period of time. I don't see it being separate. So then, why don't we call a, a, a discussion item then? Um, uh, <coughs> report back from uh, Brian and Aaron's early discussion of the Something like that? Um, everybody fine with that? So we've got, so we got four items. For next meeting, right? Yeah. Okay. Four items, work plan, uh, Military equipment, elections, and the follow-up discussion um, with uh, Tom Ripa between Brian and Aaron. Um, Sorry, is that a for the Ripa items as a discussion? As a discussion. I believe, right? Um, <clears throat> so I think we're done there. Other, um, just so, I just said to you just this afternoon what I had promised to do weeks ago just before I got done, which was sent out kind of a, a list of the, the, the vehicle conference sessions that I attended uh, with some brief notes. Um, and uh, I have access to all the material that was presented or references or whatnot through February. So if there's any particular item that any one of you as individuals really would like to uh, be able to see uh, and, and uh, read the reference materials for any of those topics, just let me know and I'll do my best to get that to you. Um, and one of the things we haven't had a chance to do, with, and maybe at next meeting, um, I know Jenny and Joy and I and was it Tim did the uh, virtual training. Um, you did it, but Tim. Uh, the virtual training in December. That was some very, very good sessions. It might be worth kind of sharing some thoughts on that, but I would do it, encourage you to do that during the board conference. So it just gives you more of a time now. Yeah. Um, Right, Lord, what do we have? Any final comment? Joseph? Well, it's just uh, <clears throat> the Youth Advisory Committee has a meeting on February 6th and February 20th. I think it's the first and third Tuesdays. And I don't know if we, that was too soon to go and, and uh, present what the board has to offer. Um, no, it's a good thought. I mean, I think we're, the county and Eric tell us where this process stands, so it may be premature, but uh, uh, um, but I think if, if they meet twice every month, then maybe March makes more sense to the target. Um, and again, we report, so in your report, we report you that. 
I'd like to see us get to a point where we're out here on time. It's like we need to maybe make the agenda a little bit smaller. I know we got a lot of stuff, you know, to, to accomplish, but we've been doing this a while now, so we should be able to figure it out. Fair enough. Uh, did? I have no further comments. Okay. No further comments. I don't want you to leave. Meeting adjourned. Thank you.